No lies detected. Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. I'm Destination, and in this episode, we've got a little bit of Brisson news. We'll walk through the FC Dallas 1 1 draw at home against Minnesota United, uh, and then we'll check in on North Texas and look ahead to a busy week of matches for FC Dallas. Here with me, as always, to go through it is the crew. It's Jonathan Ross. Howdy, Jonathan. Hey, Dustin. What's going on, man? No, no pithy retort or anything this week. No, no, I was just thinking about uh, mowing my grass. You know, uh, is I don't know how you could get that in your brain. <laughs> I heard that there's a special, um, I think, hosted by you about uh, yeah. taking care of the fields for FC Dallas. Yeah, and your own lawn. It's on the YouTube plug. Here's a plug for it. Go check our YouTube. Uh, and uh, a man with no lawn uh, who who. <laughs> lives in a place where it would be covered by snow anyway it's our resident lab rat it's nico mendez how you doing nico i guess the only equivalent would be get off my radioactive sources but um think of the public get in there we got bigger issues get off my lab coat i do wear a lab coat actually so it, do it, it feels official I really enjoy it. Yeah, you know, we're gonna need some this lab is- selfies so that we can, <laughs> like, you know, envision what it's like to be a nuclear scientist in a basement. It's um, it's very loud, very big, and uh, a very sterile environment. Very secure. Are our selfies allowed? Um, that is a uh, that is a uh, sensitive information. It's a need to know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll know if we ever see a selfie. <laughs> well, we'll start off with the Brisson news that I was telling you about. Jonathan, you want to walk us through what's going on with Mr. Brisson? Well, it was reported uh, right about a month or so ago that we knew that Brisson was going to be going back to get his uh, his green card. Uh, and it got originally delayed uh, and it was taking place over the international break. He actually didn't get back in time to make it uh, to play for the team. Uh, in the last match, but he is back. Uh, back now has received his green card. Uh, the the importance of that from the club perspective is it does now free up an international spot. So they've already got the two extra that they picked up. I think originally you have eight international spots as an MLS team. They'd picked up two extras, so they're at ten, and all ten were used. Uh, now they technically have a, a free one. Uh, this is something that we had actually questioned before when we heard the news. Why? FC Dallas was going out there and paying $200,000 or Garber bucks for uh, an extra spot when they knew that Brisson was about to free one up. Uh, but as you can see from a timing perspective, uh, you know, wouldn't have quite worked out because uh, we got Facundo Quinan who actually came on for FC Dallas and used that last spot before uh, Brisson, you know, finally got it freed up. So I guess the good news is, you know, FC Dallas now has a extra international roster spot if they were to want to try to sign somebody in this uh, upcoming window. <laughs> uh, that that would be that would be interesting if they did that. I kind of I kind of feel like they're done for the season. Uh, in more ways than one. What are you What, what are you trying <laughs> well, What are you trying man, to like hint trans- on? Transfer wise, transfer wise. <laughs> uh, but you know, time will tell. 
And um, because Bersan was out, it, it led to some interesting ripple effects in how FC Dallas came out in the match against Minnesota. Nico, you want to walk us through that 1-1 draw? Um, yeah. I, you know, the, I know I'm jumping ahead, but North Texas SC and FC Dallas both had uh, games of two halves. So kind of in that first half. A little slow from both sides. Um, Minnesota really kind of controlling the midfield while FC Dallas kind of going back to their old ways, going up the flank. Um, and then Minnesota Minnesota scores, uh, and that kind of just seemed to really wake up the team. And coming into the second half, FC Dallas was really looking like the more controlling team within the final third, uh, putting a lot of pressure against Minnesota's back line, some, creating some uh, opportunities. Um and then uh, Ryan Hollingshead, with some fancy footwork, finds Ricardo Pepe after Pepe just moves over to the right wing and gets the game-tying goal And you know, the, probably the last 15 to 20 minutes. A little bit chippy, both sides really trying to get into it. But um, uh, oh, oh, de- definitely a game of two halves. Good to see the crowd kind of getting into it. FC Dallas's first full uh, 100% with an asterisk. Uh, capacity stadium. Uh, it sounded it sounded really good on the broadcast. Made me wish I was there. So, um, yeah, interesting game. Interesting game coming back from the international break. Well, let's start there with that that full capacity um, asterisk you got there, Jonathan. You were in the stadium, right? Yeah, I was in the stadium. I think the the attendance was in the high sixteen thousands. I can't remember the official number, um, and it actually felt about right sitting in the sitting in the stands. Um, Felt like a finally uh, a, a summertime FC Dallas game where I'm uh, sitting in the east side stand, staring into the sun, sweating in the 90 degree ter- temperature um, and, uh, and cursing the hunts for not putting a roof above the stadium. Uh, but uh, it was it was actually it was nice. It was actually a really good atmosphere. Uh, it was good for uh, people like myself who are season ticket members who've had to move from their normal seats. Uh, this is the first match too, where we were kind of all back and close up to to the stadium. Um, actually, I didn't even notice. Now I'm thinking about it. If if all of the opening rows were now uh, cleared away, I know that at least on the east and west side, um, the barriers were taken away. I know that there were also some originally uh, near the supporters group in the tunnel. I can't remember just thinking, looking at the stadium if they took those away too. I'm assuming so. Um, that it's back to just kind of normal capacity for uh, for the for the seats. I think the asterisk is just because the beer garden is now closed. Hmm. Interesting. I know I was I was really worried when I was watching the broadcast. It didn't look like many people were there at all. And I guess you know, just like FC Dallas, the season on the field, the the stadium didn't go didn't start you know without a hitch itself. I saw lots of. Uh, folks, uh, pictures on on online of people lined up down the block to try to get in the stadium, and it looks, looks like there was a lot of delays getting in. Um, so you know, hopefully they'll get that that hammered out, and 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 for next Saturday, make sure you show up a little early so that you're not sitting outside waiting in line while yeah, the play is going the, on. The FC Dallas fan is already a late arriving fan. Unfortunately, so it's always, it always uh, makes it. It seems like halfway through the first half before everybody gets into their seats. But there's been a couple of changes this year too that I think have slowed things down. One is, um, you know, the the changing to parking, which actually took effect last year. It just didn't matter. Um, where 
because there's yeah, there was very few people at the games last year. Um, the where if you go to one of the adjoining uh, or, or close by parking lots, you have to as a season ticket holder show like a pass and have it scanned. Otherwise, you actually have to pay for parking. Um, and that's new where that used to just be kind of open parking. And that's, I know, slowed down a lot of traffic of people being able to get in, get their get their car situated. And then I know that they've also had less people working in the lines going once you do get to the stadium. So uh, I agree. It was kind of surprising when I looked around in the in the first half and I was like, man, there's not that many people here. Um, but by kind of the end of the game, it was it was it was a pretty rowdy group. Yep. And uh you know, I'm wondering, and we'll get to kind of maybe here in a second, we'll, we'll circle back to the tale of two halves. And I wonder how much the stadium atmosphere in the second half played into that second half of play on the field. Uh, but we'll get back to that here in a second. Let's let's rewind just a second and and, and go to the beginning of the game and, and kind of – go ahead. I'm going to throw you a question, Dustin. Which of sure. the – so there's five subs, which was the uh, – so five, not five new starters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where what, I was. What was go. the? What was the? But I was going to ask you though. What was the most surprising of them for you? Um, it had to be uh, Nkasi Tafari starting at center back. But thinking about it, uh, with I had forgotten that Brisson was gone, and so really then the other option would be with if Hedges wasn't fit to go, which sounds like he had a little procedure and still. Coming back from that, so then the other option is Justin Che or uh, moving John Nelson over there again. So it's not super surprising now that I in hindsight, so but at the time you're like, whoa. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, you know, I think we all we all talked about for you know the past. Three weeks at least about Pomacall maybe getting a start in this match, so that wasn't super start surprising. We we knew that there was a chance that Pepe was going to kind of at least play a, some factor in this match, um, if not from the go, uh, maybe a little bit earlier than normal. And I'm trying to think what other oh and then oh uh, Faku coming in and and starting was also interesting. But we also saw um, Lucci start, or not start, but play Sabak Shun on his first day that he was available as well, first match he was available. So uh, I think probably Tafari closely, followed closely by uh, Faku coming in, or Kinyan, uh, whatever we're going to call him, <laughs> uh, getting a start on his first match. Have any of you guys heard what's going on with Manjoma? Um, that was actually a surprise to me that he wasn't even in the in the twenty, um, and I haven't seen yeah. him on an injury list. I haven't seen seen or heard anything. I don't know if uh, Nico, if you've heard anything either. But I, um, my expectation is that was just Lucci trying to make the best of what of who he still had available, um, you know, by shifting you know Ryan to the right hand side. It gives um, Tafari a little bit more protection, right? With a with, with somebody versus having uh, you know, if, if it's uh, Tafari and Manjoma both on that right side, that's um, playing two guys with very, very, very few minutes at MLS level. Uh, and, and I wonder if that's part of what played into Manjoma not really being an option for uh, for Lucci 
in the on the Saturday night just because he knew that he already had kind of a an, an immature, less experienced center back and needed to put somebody a bit uh, more experienced next to him. Yeah, that's an interesting. I didn't even didn't even think why is Monjoma not even in the eleven or eighteen, but yeah, no, I think your your reasoning sounds as good as anything that I could that come up with, Jonathan. And then yes, we did get to see Justin Shea make his uh, make the FC Dallas bench. I think that yes, some people were probably excited. Maybe he'd come in. Uh, that did not happen. But well, remember last episode? I think, or maybe maybe it was a, two episodes ago, I, I said we, I'd be surprised if we saw him in an FC Dallas uniform. And I've already been proven wrong because he was wearing the FC Dallas uniform underneath that trainer. That's right on the bench. So. Uh, I, I'm not too too proud to say that I was wrong, <laughs> but I, it'd be interesting um, to see if if we do see more of him. Maybe to kind of right, drive his price up a little bit before the summer window or something like that. I don't know. It could happen. I think you were correct, though, Dustin. I think that the chances of actually seeing him on the field wearing the FC Dallas uh, uniform is probably a pretty slim. But it was it was good to see that you know he at least was was on the bench. But uh, Lucci didn't have a ton of options with uh, with with Hedges and Brisson both out. So for sure, Nico, you mentioned a tale of two halves, and I want to dive a little bit deeper in this because generally FC Dallas starts out the second half pretty slow, um, and I I felt like there was a little bit of a role reversal this match where it felt like the first half was actually felt more like the second half it has at times. And the second half felt like more like the first half it has at times, where it's real open in the first half. And then in the second half, FC Dallas struggles to break through and create opportunities. Um, do you, did you feel like that that was the case this time or am I, did I read that game wrong or do I misremember the old games? It's been, it's been a month. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has been a month. No, I, I think, I think you're right. Um, kind of early on in the season, the trend definitely was a good or a, a strong first half performance. And then in the second half, it's, you know, you kind of start to tail off. And that was something Luigi has mentioned in the weekly media calls is that, hey, in, in the latter half of the second half, they, we're, we're, we're switching off. We're, we're losing our concentration. Um, but that, that definitely was not the case this game. Um, I'm not too sure if it was the, the heat. Um, it sounds like it was definitely, uh, the summer in Texas is, is arriving. So I'm not sure if it was the heat, uh, that kind of impacted the game a bit or, or, um, or it was kind of referring to the heat in a locker room at halftime. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure there definitely was heat in the locker room. There definitely was heat Uh, in one of the locker rooms. I, I feel like. You know, maybe somewhere somebody turned off the AC in the locker room. So, um, but you didn't it, hear my awesome pun. I did not. There was Heath in the Minnesota locker room. Ah, yes, Adrian Heath. See? Heat, uh, Heath. Mm-hmm. Hey. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers listening. Yes. Um, what was what was I, I don't pun? I don't understand what made you what made you think of that Nico? No, oh, these these dad puns, these dad jokes. Um, dad joke, Dustin. 
What was what, what track was I on? Oh, but um, oh, the heat, <laughs> the heat. Yes, <laughs> uh, but I also feel like part of it was kind of how Minnesota set up. I think the best FC Dallas midfielder was Jacory Hayes. Uh, Corey Hayes was a former FC Dallas midfielder. I didn't specify whether current or former. Um, and he kind of did a really good job of occupying Andres Ricaorte, um, you know, getting subbed off at halftime. He had a little bit of a limited um, uh, limited success. And, you know, I, I think it might have been a little bit difficult with kind of him wanting to create opportunities while Paxton being on the wing. Uh, I don't think Paxton did bad on the wing. It's just kind of a different role, right? Uh, when you have those two creative players a bit lopsided, uh, kind of creating this weird triangle between Ricarte, Paxton, and Ryan Hollingshead. Um, so I also think the second half substitutions helped, right? Move Pepe out a little bit wide, bring in uh, Franco Jara, who kind of hard to see on the broadcast. It sounded like, and this is something that Steve and Mark Follow brought up in the broadcast, is that Franco was uh, doing a lot of off-the-ball work to kind of Pressure the Minnesota backline, uh, create some numbers advantage to keep the backline occupied to then allow the wingers their opportunities to do whatever. Um, but then also Jesus coming in, right? Uh, so <laughs> you kind of, if you want to think about it, you kind of have three strikers that Minnesota's got to be a little occupied with. So I also think the second half substitutions kind of did help uh, ra- raise the intensity in comparison to that first half. Yeah, uh, just want to swing back to Jacory Hayes. He did have a great game. He dispossessed... Kenyon to set up that that first or the only Minnesota goal and I think you're right I think he really frustrated Ricarte who had really a lackluster kind of outing in that first half so yeah the, the the entire midfield in the in the first half seemed like it wasn't cohesive or connected um and the one thing that just jumped out at me was it it seemed like um Minnesota was able to kind of progress through the midfield pretty much that entire first half, right? They, 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 they owned it. FC Dallas was getting, you know, very little true buildup. Um, and, you know, at first I thought maybe it was, you know, we've got a, a new midfielder playing for the team, but I don't know if it's necessarily was queen on or not. I think it's, uh, I think it could have been a bit, bit tactical, but then I think it's, yeah, they just, they were just outmatched. Um, and I think that, uh, Lucci fired up the troops at halftime, made a couple of key changes and, uh, um, and I would agree in the stadium too. I mean, I think Franco, uh, Franco Hara did, you know, he looked like a, a, a man possessed, uh, uh, from an intensity perspective. And maybe that's the, the outcome of sitting on the bench for the first half. But we've, we've seen that actually a couple of times where he's come on and been really, uh, uh aggressive, right. Which this, this team needs. Yeah. Maybe he's going to go into that Chris Wondolowski role. Just come in late and maybe score some goals. At, um, at least. At least somebody scored a goal, yes, for FC Dallas. Uh, one, one more thing, Tustin, too, when we're talking about the first half before we move on was I think that you know Jimmy had a, an outstanding game, especially in that first half, uh, where he really kept the the team in the match. Um, there was a, a, a couple opportunities where uh, he made himself big or made a, a big save against uh, Uno um, that I think, you know, obviously if if FC Dallas was down 2-0 to zero at halftime, it would have been a different match. And so... I think overall Jimmy played well the whole match, but uh, really, really well uh, that first half. Yeah, it definitely looked like he got he made the most of that time off to heal and come back and get stronger. And he looked like a completely different goalkeeper, more more 
confident with the way he used his body in that match than I thought. I think he did in the last one, uh, and even especially the one before that. So I think also, and I, I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. I think also the the reason why he had to make so many sage, saves is I think that FC Dallas is maybe the victim of a little bit of unfamiliarity when it, with all these new folks in the back line with Kenyon in front of the back line and Tafari in center back. I think that there was a little bit of, of indecisiveness on who was supposed to pick up what runners and FC Dallas got burned by that at least twice, especially on the goal um, where the, the, the backside guy didn't get picked up after the initial shot. And if you watch the replay, there was nobody in front of the back line. Um, nobody had gotten back and gotten back into position. I, I felt like maybe that was a result of just no, them not having that, that chemistry yet. Um, and I hope, I, I hoped that it gets better. <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, I definitely saw some of that, and especially on the goal, right? I mean, it was a few different mistakes from an FC Dallas perspective, right? Uh, it wasn't just lose, losing the ball early on, but I think also, yeah, tracking uh, tracking the runner, which I think that would probably been Tafari's uh, man, right? Coming coming off the rebound, uh, didn't have uh, – wasn't didn't step up, I guess, and, and ensure that he could clear that ball um, and, and, you know, allowed the Minnesota player a wide-open shot at net. So I, I did see that, but then I, I mean, it's also, I mean, just think about the, I mean, it's the the makeshift nature of that back line too. Um, I mean, Nelson, this is his was his. I know he played a lot last year. But this is his second start, third start this year. Um, and then you know, obviously Tafari with his you know first uh, MLS minutes, right? And so, yep, uh, it's and 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 a new number six sitting in front. So I think you've I think you picked it out, Dustin, and I think that that's you know, part of what we saw uh, in the first half and part of the reason why I think uh, they had so many opportunities to, to score, and score against FC Dallas. Yeah, we'll have to go back and look and see how many different backline combinations FC Dallas has played with this season. It's got to be what? How many games are we in? 11? It's got to be at least 10. <laughs> it's it's a lot. There's there's not a whole lot of continuity in, in chances for those players to get settled in, whether it be through injury or through international green card dealings or um, tinkering or, or formation changes. It's, it's really been thinking about it. And I'm just, just now, it just now popped in my head, just how, how little continuity that they've had in, in the season at the back line. So. Yeah. And I just verified it. That was, that was Nelson's third start. So. uh, I think True. Yeah, so I think it was, and I think if I remember right, it was the first two matches that he started um, before uh, before the, the 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 shift to back back to a back four as well as uh, having Manjoma start playing on the right. Indeed. All right. So at halftime, uh, Luchi Gonzalez pulls off Paxton Pomichol and Andres Ricarte and puts on um, Jesus Ferreira and. Frank O'Hara and then the game just felt like it just had a little bit of a shift you it felt like that FC Dallas was able to kind of pick on that high block from Minnesota quite a bit more and able to kind of get I don't know whether it was 
a the heat where the players were able to run behind or whether it was like some sort of tactical change or or those players changed uh the changed the game that much but it, it definitely felt like an open match in that second half for the good and for the bad cuz it felt like there were some opportunities in the on uh on the other end as well yeah it felt like a lot like the last few matches where um Dallas was getting a lot of good opportunities uh but not yeah, not not actually scoring until <laughs> at the expense know. of balance. Yes, at the at the <laughs> at the expense of balance, and yes, especially the last ten minutes or so, you know, leaving themselves wide open for the counter. Um, in some ways, I think they were probably lucky to have not given one of those up and to, to got gotten away with uh, a point. Yeah, well, so we talked a lot a little bit about statistics over the over the international break when we had Joe Lowry on, and one of the things Joe had said was that FC Dallas is underperforming its XG, meaning that they're scoring less goals than the opportunities that they would create. Um, well, so happy news here. They outperformed at this time, except for they only created 0.85 expected goals. <laughs> and I think they think the, they gave up two, two plus 2.5, maybe even uh, expected goals against. So, they're, they they outperformed both of them this time, but they jam they jam packed all those expected goals into one half. So there you go. <laughs> that's why that's why it felt like more. And, and and speaking of feeling like more, I mean this is actually only their eighth match of the year, not tenth or eleventh. It's just as a oh, painful, fact check false for Dustin. I know as a as a painful FC Dallas fan, it feels like it's yeah. <laughs> it, feels it feels like, like it should so be it should be mid season already. Yes. <laughs> How, how long is this your season going to be? All right. Well, let's let's take those two new uh, players and let's kind of just give a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down on their performances, starting with uh, Nkasi Tafari. Uh, Nico, do you think – quick quick thumbs up, thumbs down on Tafari's first start, first game ever. We'll go up, meh, or down for your thumb. Like we're in a Roman Colosseum. <laughs> well, thank thank goodness I'm not Roman because I'm gonna do a uh, a uh, superposition of a thumbs up and a and a thumb sideways. Okay, so like three quarters of the way up. <laughs> three quarters of the way up. There you go. I think for me, I'm I'm gonna go like just a little bit shy of of neutral and towards the down side. I I think that. He was too restrained and too conservative, and he did let he, he had a couple errant passes that kind of shook his confidence, his uh, concentration on the ball, and or confidence on the ball. And then he gave up the the goal, or it was his his mistake led to the goal. So um, I'm going to go with slightly negative, but you know, not 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 unserviceable. Jonathan, I'm I'm gonna go with Nico with a one and a half thumbs up. Oh, wait, wait, we're cha- you're changing the scale here. <laughs> <laughs> Nico's Nico's the one who changed it. No, I mean honestly, I think I think he played well. Uh, it's, I mean it, he didn't he didn't play great, but it's it's his very first match, um, his very first MLS match, his very first MLS minutes, right? So, uh, I, I think considering that, I, I think he played well. Uh, 
yes, there were some mistakes he made, uh, but uh, I'm not going to hold that against him. I, I think that overall he had a a, a reasonable game, and so uh, I, I mean, I'd, I don't think he's like working his way up to that uh, third center back spot anytime soon. But I think it's I think he's a serviceable uh, backup center back, which is kind of what this team needs. All right, so now let's switch over and let's talk about the other player getting his first action of the season, first action at all from FC Dallas, just recently joining, talking about Faku Kenyon. Uh, do you guys want to do a thumbs up, thumbs down on, on Faku Faku's first match? We'll start with you, Jonathan, this time. Uh, I hate to say it, but uh, I, I'm not going to give him the same uh, caveat that I gave uh, Tafari, which is because he's, He's a professional. He's been a professional for a number of years. I I didn't see anything that made me think uh, Tasman should be sitting on the bench. I I I think he I think he played okay. Uh, I think that maybe he got the start a little bit too soon. So he he didn't feel to he didn't seem to be at game speed to me when I watched him. Um, I didn't see anything that made me think this is going to be a crushing number six. Right? Um, he seemed to have, you know reasonable ball skills, but I think it's just, I, I don't think he was ready to play with FC Dallas yet. I think, I think that Lucci should have given him a week more to week or two more in practice before, uh, before bringing him on. So, uh, I guess I'm saying, I'm saying thumbs down. I'll look, I'll look for Tessman on Wednesday. Okay. Against, uh, Carlos Vela. Yes. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, after the break. Uh, Nico, I'm going to go to you before I give my thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, for Facundo, I'm going to have to give him a thumb sideways. Gotcha. I'm going to go thumbs slightly up. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to be the contrarian here. I think that he was pretty good, not great on the ball. He had like 82% passing, which was pretty – like it was okay – Better than Paxton. He had um, a couple really good moments where he dispossessed the, the opponent in really good in really dangerous spots for the opponent. So um, he, he he recovered the ball quite a bit from from the from the opposition. I think Jonathan, you were, are right that he was not ready to play with the squad, but not because of what he, he brought to the table, but because of the the cohesion factor. I think that he played really, really well, except for in the box. And in the box, it was a question of like, where to, where to go? Where is he? Um, and I think that's what takes me from a thumbs up to a slightly better than meh thumbs up. So a slightly positive thumbs up. But I, well, I, I, I like I, your optimism, Dustin. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to play the optimist here. Well, usually that's me, man. But it, it, I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my pessimism up too. And you, you mentioned that it was better than Paxton. I think that uh, Paxton was a little bit invisible this match too. I think that outside of the first couple of minutes, um, where there's a little bit of flair, and, and I was excited to see him back on the field. Um, you know, part of it might have just been game state, right? I think the whole first half was sluggish for FC Dallas, but um, yeah, everybody disappeared that first half. Oh, for sure, yes. So I'm thinking of he had a couple good plays, and uh, which is just about as much as you can say for pretty much anybody on the team in that first half. Um, he had that play where he forced the handball right outside the box, which set up a Brian Acosta 
free kick into the garden. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, pretty, pretty quiet. So, all right. Well, that I think we'll, we'll end it there uh, with that bit of pessimism from Jonathan. It's we'll hang on to it and we'll, we'll cherish that pessimism and we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a little bit of North Texas chat and uh, talk about the matches coming up on Wednesday against LAFC and Sunday against the new England revolution. All right, and we're back, and now it is time for Nico's NTSC. That's a 90-second catch-up for North Texas SC. Nico, let's let's hear about that North Texas game. It happened pretty well close to the same time as the FC Dallas match. So uh, fill us in if we if for those of us that missed it. I think I'm being cut two seconds. That's what the NT and NTSC stands for is 92. 92 seconds. All right, let me let me grab my timer. Oh, we're going to get, oh, folks, we are getting super official here. And start. Yeah, so like you were saying, Dustin, it definitely did start at the same time as the FC Dallas game. Uh, and like I kind of sneak peeked earlier, it was definitely a game of two halves. Um, first half, a little bit sluggish uh, in, in comparison to their uh, dominant performance against Greenville Triumph in the previous week. So that was a little bit of a surprise, but. Not too much because FC Tucson did well to kind of sit back and be really compact within their own half and prefer to tack on the counter. Um, and then in the second half, it became much more lively. Uh, North Texas definitely taking advantage of the chances that they were creating. Um, a nice onslaught of uh, activities, just a lot of missed chances, either one too many passes, a couple too many touches in the box. And by then there was a lot of Tucson players within uh, in, in the field. And, um, so for North Texas, that's, uh, (laughs) on the downside, but also kind of a crazy match towards the end, three red cards, two for Tucson and one for North Texas SC. So, um, that also kind of did change the flow a little bit of the game. And so after the game, Eric Quill was kind of talking about how, Hey, we're at home, uh, being tied zero, zero at home at halftime is definitely not the standard that I want for this team. Um, the players know that. So in the second half, they definitely responded and it it just, you know, within the final third, things kind of didn't go their way. So, um, an unfortunate, uh, zero, zero draw for North Texas SC before they head off to, to face new England revolution too. How much time do you have left? That was a minute 39. Seven seconds over. Okay, so seven seconds over. Uh, we're going to take that seven seconds from your next NTSC. It would be like cell phone minutes. Yeah, they. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, FC Dallas fans are are no no stranger to teams that can't figure out that final third. So hopefully, when's when's it North Texas's next match? North Texas SC plays on Saturday. So this Saturday at convert to central 6 PM. So, um, all right. So that is not, you're converting to central. So that tells me it's not a home match. It is not a home match. It will be in Foxborough away. Oh, so that's like a reserve squad, then senior squad matchup type thing. Mm-hmm. scenario going here. But, um, I definitely recommend to FC Dallas fans to watch North Texas SC. Uh, 
every every game they are competitive they're they're not in a slump there are some really high moments and then there's also some really low moments but um <laughs> they are a competitive <laughs> team and it really does come down to the final whistle for this team all right all right well let's shift our focus to fc dallas and their their busy week coming up by the time this this episode drops on tuesday tomorrow that will mean as you're listening to this because on tuesday because we all know you listen to it a minute it comes out there will be a match tomorrow against lafc in la i think it's been a long time since sc dallas has played la huh i think it was august of 2019 sorry even further than that may i think it's been two years it's been a while it was because yeah, because yeah, they didn't play them last year because yeah, of the, the regionalization, year. and then yep, yeah, it was May of it was May of May of 2019, so it's been two years since they played. Yeah, um, LAFC is not doing much better than FC Dallas. I think they're two points ahead of FC Dallas on the table with sitting with nine points. FC Dallas is still last at with seven points. Uh, so, so they did not with this F, with this match against Minnesota climb out of the bottom. So the the battle for the bottom was, I guess, lost by FC Dallas. But L, has anybody watched any LS, LAFC this season? I, I watched a, just a little bit of the of the last match, and I watched the uh, the FC Dallas rejects um, tie it up late late against LA. That's right, Houston? Mac, Max. <laughs> Yes, Maxi Maxi Arudi, uh I think with an assist from uh, Fafa Pico, if I remember right. So um, tied it up, and actually Maxi's having a complete aside. Maxi's actually having a pretty good start to this year. I think that's uh, four goals in five games for him. So uh, you know, we we know how he can be hot and cold. One point three million salary, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. We we could, we could afford him on FC Dallas, right? Yeah, scrub money. I can. That's more goals than uh, somebody I know that makes twice that. Yep. But we've all lived well, with that frustration before, so we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah. put our fans through that again. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean LAFC is 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 one of those teams that they you watch them and you know the the amount of skill that they have on that team. You feel like they should be, you know, winning game in game out. Um, but you know they're kind of. They're, they're a mediocre team this year again, right? Which is, I think they're sitting around uh, seventh in the West, if I remember right. So um, they, and they've, they've, they played fairly well at home. Uh, I think they're like two, one and two, I believe. Uh, so when FC Dallas goes there uh, against, you know, LAFC, I guess the only bad thing is uh, FC Dallas is away is uh, pretty poor. I think that FC Dallas is picking yes. zero points away from the, from, from Frisco this year. Yeah, only a handful of points picked up by Luchi Gonzalez in his entire three years away from home. So it's it's, it's one of those ones where you just assume that there's going to be at best it will be a draw, <laughs> and and at worst it's, Los Angeles kind of cleans your clock. But you know, I think it what this season has proved is that you know they're not while they do play beautiful football and. They they can um, really punish defenses. They're not invincible, and teams can exploit some of the things that they leave open while they're trying to push forward. So, I think just looking at the stats, you can see that uh, 
Actually, Carlos Vela is not even in the top four of of scores. I don't think he has. He, he might not have even scored uh, this season yet. Uh, quick check, fact check. No scores. Um, Corey Baird leads LAFC with three goals, followed by Diego Rossi, uh, with also who also has three. So, you know, it, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting match to see see who kind of steps up from each side. Nico, okay. thoughts? Yeah, no. Um, I, it's definitely one to watch because, you know, the whole LAFC, LAFC thing and then um, their supporters group and Bob Bradley. But um, I guess definitely more importantly, kind of the whole USA versus Mexico aspect to this, right? You have your <laughs> US homegrowns and then your two Mexican players and Pablo Cisniega, their goalkeeper, starting all eight games. And, of course, Carlos Vela, so... A uh, little USA versus Mexico st- stuff right there. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be an entertaining match, no matter how it ends. Um, I, I'm, I'm, prediction wise, I'm not super optimistic, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Does that count? I think it should count for something, Dustin. It's, 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 it's it is so frustrating being an FC Dallas fan this year because I do feel like if they could actually put two decent halves together. Right. Um, that 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 uh, I don't think this team is. I mean, th- this team is not as bad as the record. I think this team is probably closer to LAFC's record, um, which is kind of a mid mid table team. Uh, they just haven't they haven't proved it. So uh, I mean, they could FC Dallas could you know much like uh, Minnesota did uh, you know go you know after having a really bad start actually go and put a few decent games together. I think FC Dallas could do. Something similar, uh, but they're yes, it's, it's only eight games in. They need to they, they need to they need to start turning it around, and it's got to happen soon. Yeah, and this this run is actually one of the hardest runs of the season. They've got LAFC, who we just talked about, and then on Sunday, um, New England comes to town, and the the Revs are actually leading the Eastern Conference with twenty points. They've got six wins, one uh, two draws, and one loss. And so, oddly though, I feel more optimistic about that one than I do the one against LAFC at LAFC. New England's got Matt Turner, who's playing lights out this season. He's he's got he's one of the best goalkeepers, one of the shot stop best shot stoppers in MLS this season, um, if not the past couple of seasons. You know, we'll throw in some Jimmy Maurer sh- shouts. You know, but I think Turner's got him beat a little bit. Um. Goal wise, uh, they've they've got Gustavo Bu, who's always d- dangerous and has been having a pretty really a pretty good season, picking up where he left off last season, and it could cause FC Dallas some trouble. But um, you know, I'm still like I said just a second ago, I'm still optimistic about this match, despite New England's uh, good run of form this season so far. So we've got we've got a couple of games before the next podcast. Nico, who's gonna who's gonna actually break out from an FC Dallas perspective and put a couple of good games together? That isn't named Brian Acosta. Or Alan Reed. That's the groundskeeper, guys. That's a, that's a good question. It's a good question. Um jeez. 
I don't know. I I I would say Jose Martinez. Um, he's been consistent. Unfortunate has kind of a small injury nag, but the whole whole back line situation, like we talked about earlier, is just kind of unfortunate for this team. Where in previous seasons, historically, FC Dallas has a very consistent back line, and that's just not the case this year uh, in terms of player personnel. Uh, you said not Brian Acosta. Um, just to touch back a little bit earlier, Dustin, you were saying how there's just this influx of new players. Something that really stood out to me in this past game is how Acosta was r- really in constant communication with Facundo the entire game, trying to help him get acclimated to just, hey, this is how we play as the midfield trio. Um, I mean, it's a really key player right there. Uh, the the wing situation that's kind of also a little bit of a concern for FC Dallas as well. And, you know, we're gonna go through the whole talked ad nauseum about the the striker situation. So, yeah, you, you say breakout, but I think I'm just gonna go with consistent. Either Jimmy Maurer or possibly Faku. What about you, Dustin? I'm gonna go with Ryan Hollingshead. He's already got started. He's got an assist in this match. I think he can. He can provide some service in the next two matches, uh, given some consistency on one, on the right side, um, and a, a, a if he gets to partner with somebody not named not named Hader O'Brien, O'Brien, uh, then I think that he can get something going. I think I think that I would like to see a good partnership form between Hader O'Brien and the bench. That's I, a good thing I'd like to see. I, uh, I would I would like to see that as well. Yes. I think it's I think I think it's time for, for that rotation to happen, at least for one or two matches. So Yep. Um I was I was willing to keep be giving it the benefit of the doubt in this last match about twenty minutes and I was like, Nope, we're done with this. In my mind, I said that. I did not actually say it out loud because my wife would have looked at me funny. I don't want to hamper any of the um Hungarian fans that do listen to this podcast, but um, assuming let, let's let, let's play devil's advocate and <laughs> assume that Ooh, like, I love hung, this game <laughs> that Hungary doesn't make it out of their group. Then you got a uh, Saboshun coming back pretty soon. So, which <laughs> when he made his appearance, uh, I'm pretty sure FC Dallas felt like and Andre Zanota felt like they had diamond hands when he scored that offsides goal unfortunately but um <laughs> if there's any consolation i guess the 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 player that the club from top down that they've been hyping up quite a bit uh, looks to be coming back yeah but not in the next not by the time we record again so jonathan who do you who do you think's going to uh break who do you uh, think needs to break out i'd like to see i mean it's tough because he's just coming back from injury but i'd like to see jesus I think Jesus looked really good in the, in the in the match. I think if he can start stringing together a couple of good matches, about forty five minutes or so, um, and that's that's who I who I'd like to see break out. Um, so I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that what I want to see actually comes true. I yeah. second that. I, I think completely if, that's forgot a good shout. Jesus. If they can play him in that off striker role and not try to play him as a ten, and then keep him up up the field a little bit further, I think that there's a a good good opportunities there. And we shall see. We shall see. And with that, we're going to close the show. Uh, you can find us online at DallasSoccerShow.com. On Twitter as at DallasSoccerShow. 
For Jonathan Roz, Nico Mendez, I'm Dustin Nation. Thanks so much for listening.